Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 213, starting off security news. There's a huge story right now around the Saudi crown prince supposedly hacking Jeff Bezos' phone. But increased scrutiny on the story is actually introducing a ton of doubt. The technical report on the incident was not nearly as convincing as the media coverage was. And there's lots of uncertainty basically right now around the whole thing. I have a feeling we're not really getting most of the story right now and what we're getting might be wrong. So I feel like it's going to take some time for this to sort of play out. But yeah, the technical details, I mean, basically they said we saw the phone sending data and that that doesn't necessarily mean anything because lots of things happened before that, right? In addition to just the, just the text because um, phones generally send data. Now, there are some actual reasons why they might want to do this and they did, you know, interact with a lot of other leaders. This could actually be very, very clearly spyware and, and espionage and all the stuff that it is supposed to be, but it could end up being nothing as well. I think we need to just wait and see. I think the hype right now is making everything very unclear. An MIT professor speaking at Davos says the U.S.'s immigration policies are putting the U.S. at an extreme disadvantage versus China when it comes to AI development. Drago says we're seeing increased attention on our electric sector from known APT groups and says it corresponds with increased political tensions with countries like Iran. NIST has released version 1.0 of its privacy framework. It's a set of tools to help organizations manage privacy risk. The document looks pretty decent. Ohio has hired a CISO for election security, which I think is a great idea. Someone has attained over 500,000 telnet credentials for home routers and other IoT devices and leaked them to the internet. Microsoft left a misconfigured cloud database exposed to the internet that contained 250 million customer records going back to like 14 years. And the Pentagon now says 11 troops were injured in the January 8th Iranian missile strikes on the U.S. base in Iraq, which initially they said none were hurt, and now it's up to 11. Advisories, Cisco has released updates for multiple products. There's a DOS vulnerability in mod security. And company-wise, the container security Sysdig has raised $70 million in funding. And Cyber Insurance Provider Coalition acquires IoT search engine Binary Edge. And FireEye acquires Cloudvisory. Technology news, Tesla has passed Volkswagen to become the second most valuable car company in the world with over $100 billion in valuation, putting them behind only Toyota, which has a value of $233 billion. I'm not sure how long this will last, but with the Model Y coming out this year, and the possibility of them finally getting some traction on solar roofs, I'm pretty bullish on this. Plus, I'm now an owner, and I viscerally feel that they've created something extraordinary. So, I can't wait to see what they do this year. A set of commands has bricked the Mars rover, but they've sent another set of commands that hopefully will unbreak it. So, hopefully that's just temporary. 
But they're pretty excited though, because it's only was supposed to do a very small mission, and like the thing has just kept going. It's kind of a miracle machine. Berkshire Gray, <clears throat> which sounds like a financial services company, is a retail robotics company focused on making robots that can pick and place items within warehouses. And they just raised $263 million. If you go to watch this video, which is in the newsletter, if you go watch this video and see how much money they just raised and still not see AI and automation as a major threat to human work, please tell me what you think all the people these robots are replacing or going to do when they get laid off. Right? There's only so many other jobs similar to you know, packing shelves or putting things in boxes or moving boxes. There's only so many jobs that are similar to that that are also not vulnerable to similar robots. Um, and the idea that all of them are just going to, you know, become painters <clears throat> and, uh, and Instagram influencers. I, I just, I don't see that happening. Th this company is a really great case of point of like, there are massive investments to remove all the humans from say Amazon uh, warehouses. And there's just so many people, so many people are like stocking shelves and moving things from here to there. And we're spending billions of dollars trying to remove the humans from that equation because it would just make companies so much more profitable. And I, I just really don't get my smart friends who are like, yeah, but that's always been the case. We've always lost jobs. We've always just come up with something else, but we've never had AI and automation like this. We've never had you know, billions upon billions of dollars spent to remove the human from the equation. So I, I think it's absolutely different this time. It's absolutely different. Uh, there are not infinite number of jobs for someone like that to pivot to. And we've not invested in the education to turn our blue collar workers into creative professionals. We, we've not made that investment. So those people are going to be left behind. And, and I fear they're going to become what Yuval Harari calls the useless class in his book, Homo Deus. So put some thought into that. I mean, if you don't already agree, um, well, even if you do agree, I mean, I could still be wrong here. I, I just don't see how I, I can be wrong. And uh, I would love to, because I'd rather be optimistic about this than um, very worried as I am now. WordPad is getting ads in Windows 10. This seems like a Balmer thing, not a Nadella thing. Someone at Microsoft needs to inject some sanity into this obsession with ads in an operating system. Like that—that that is not a place for ads, you know, in your OS, deeply embedded in your OS, in your text editors. I think it's super gross. Google's changed the way search results look now. And so currently it's much harder to tell the difference between an ad and an actual result because they actually made the real results look more like ads. And previously they had made the ads look more like real results. So now it's just like this mix and you, I guess people are just clicking on stuff. I'm sure they're making way more money, but it just seems like really bad UI for all the wrong reasons because they're an advertising company. Netflix added 8.8 .8 million customers in Q4 of 2019, despite facing tons of competition. And Cruise, which is owned by GM, has released its first driverless vehicle. It's a shared ownership shuttle thing with no steering wheel. You just like get in, it has like two sides of seats, which are in like the front and back relative to the direction of travel. Definitely looks like it's from the future. It's basically like this 
autonomous pod that you would like rent to take you and your friend somewhere or like a shared ride to get to work or whatever. I, I think it's going to be a while before we see them driving around, but, but yeah, really cool to see them release something. The NASDAQ 100 have added over a trillion dollars in value since October and 23andMe just laid off hundred people due to flagging DNA testing sales. Human news, Brexit is now official UK law and Britain could leave the EU as soon as this week. This is just insane to me. And then you have a couple people in the royal family leaving and they're like, yeah, sorry, let me just abstain from this. Um, I don't want to be part of the monarchy anymore. I guess we're going to go to Canada and do something different. Like basically at the same time as Brexit, it just feels like a total sharp jump for the entire country. Yeah, I, I just, I have no idea why they're doing this. It makes no sense in my mind. The U.S. suicide rate has jumped more than 40% in less than two decades. And blue-collar workers, especially in construction, are making up most of that. A Canadian health monitoring AI called Blue Dot detected the coronavirus outbreak seven days before the CDC sent out their warnings. The system scours news reports and looks for patterns indicating a possible outbreak. And it found this one pretty early, so I'm sure that company's happy. Nobel laureates are 22 times more likely to have hobbies than their peers, and being a performer seems to be a common theme. China has locked down over 35 million people in response to the coronavirus outbreak. So far, there have only been a handful of cases in the U.S., but that's likely to increase. The average normal human body temperature is now around 97.5 degrees instead of 98.6 degrees, and they're not quite sure why. Fortnite is now a high school and college sport. And Yuval Harari continues to warn people that AI and increasingly powerful computation are going to make populations hackable. And I absolutely agree. This is fully in line with what Zuboff wrote in Surveillance Capitalism as well, where she coined the term instrumentarianism to describe large organizations controlling populations using behaviorist methodologies. So basically what he's arguing is that if you don't know yourself, then you won't be able to see the cues that you are being nudged in particular directions. You'll just think, oh, that is cool. That is what I wanted to do, right? While they're presenting all these different stimuli to, you know, like like um, Pokemon Go, where you're being prompted to head in this direction. Turns out it's during lunch, and it turns out you just walked by a McDonald's, and it turns out Niantic, the company, is actually owned by Google. So Google just you know, used instrumentarianism to guide hungry people by a company that sells food, which they make money on, right? And that, that's an example of what they can do all throughout your life, in your romantic life, in your financial life. And uh, Harari is basically saying, if you don't understand yourself really well, you won't even know that this is being done to you. It looks like a whole bunch of studies are finding that procrastination is more of an emotional problem than a time management problem. More people in 2019 went to the library than to the movies. I never would have guessed that. Never, never, never would have guessed that. I'm happy to hear it though. Ideas, trends, and analysis. India is now a larger smartphone market than the US. I think we're living through one of the worst security UI mistakes in history, which is the GDPR-inspired accept cookies prompts that are littering up the entire internet. I think this failure 
is going to be studied for decades. I mean, we're basically programming people again. We've done this multiple times in the beginning of the internet, like in the very first 2000s. You know, we, we were telling people to just click on things and it was really bad, you know, pop-ups and whatever. Well, we just did it again. We have pop-ups on almost every website. Like if you spend a lot of time on the internet during the day, you're just going to constantly encounter these accept, accept, accept prompts. And it's doing two things. It's teaching people to click prompts whenever they see them. And it's also teaching people that security is super annoying. So when they hear somewhere else, do you want security? They're going to be like, no, no, thanks. I've had that before. Didn't like it. So we are doing massive harm to ourselves. It's a massive own goal. Really dislike it. And uh, I, I made a joke on Twitter. Like if there's a place that I could just go and upload all my data and give it to the bad people, can you please turn off all these things? Of course, that would require a cookie, which indicates that you're happy to accept cookies. It, it's just so nasty. I don't know what the solution is, but right now my solution is complaining. There's a shift in the esports world with a lot of people leaving Twitch and going to YouTube and other services. Updates. I think one thing I'm going to do for the show is add more content in the discovery section. This is mostly for the newsletter. This way I can keep the core news section shorter, more crisp as you know people like, and still serve the purpose of discovery and curation for people looking for a lot more interesting content. So let me know if you love or hate that idea. Had a spectacular time down in Apps at Cali again this week. It's absolutely one of my favorite conferences. Such a nice venue, great mix of like chill vibe, networking with solid content. Also really enjoyed the two main keynotes by Alex Samos and Sammy Kemkar. So it appears the new Star Trek show, Picard, is a universal hit with my friends. Looks like I'm going to begrudgingly be signing up for yet another streaming service, which I am not happy about, but it's uh, Picard, so I'm doing it. Discovery. What Clint Gibbler learned by watching all 44 AppSec California talks from 2019. This is probably the best summary post of this kind I've ever seen. I mean, he watched every single talk. He wrote pages and pages of analysis. This it's an unbelievable post. Um, and Clint, Clint's a great guy, super smart. I would definitely recommend checking this out. And I hope he does it for the 2020. Well, he's kind of set himself up. He has to do it now. I mean, cause the 2019 post was so amazing. And last week was the 2020 conference. So I'm going to be pressuring Clint. What's up with the 2020 version? Why are choppers always crashing? Kobe died on Sunday which was super sad, died with his 13-year-old daughter. And uh, uh, who was it? It was Rob Graham looked up the stats and somewhere around one in 500 choppers crash. I'm not sure if that's flights or, or hel- I'm not sure how they're counting what, what that 500 is, but what, however they're counting, that seems high. Like I don't want to get on helicopters at this point. The lost power of reading loud. Pandas make Python better. Technical debt is soul crushing. Arguments for why lobsters is better than Hacker News. Pretty compelling. Everything you know about Ukraine is wrong. Jim Lehrer's rules of journalism. An InfoSec skills matrix. And a collection of Sam Davies book summaries. Recommendations for the week. If you're not already a reader, you should definitely check out Lobsters. It's like Hacker News, but with better focus and curation. That's my summary of it. 
And I don't read the site itself. I just have it in my feeds. But the site itself looks very much like Hacker News. But yeah, you should definitely get it into your input stream. And the aphorism for the week. We cannot choose our external circumstances, but we can choose how we respond to them. We cannot choose our external circumstances, but we can choose how we respond to them. Epictetus. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe the ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure is toxic to the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter each week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here in the podcast. They also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. Each of you is helping support a model of content creation that we really need right now. And I appreciate you greatly. We'll see you next time.